Hi, this is Mildred Tassoni, and we have Ellen O'Brien, and tonight's show is on self-marketing in the job market today. Um, Ellen, maybe, uh, I know Ellen from Floral Park Chamber of Commerce, and um, she also does a TV show in Floral Park, as well as uh, she's an author and lecturer. So um, why don't you start off, and good evening. How are you? I'm good, Mildred. Thank you. And how are you? Good, good. Um, You've got a very, uh, your career information and some of your uh, topics that we've been discussing over different, you know, meetings that we've been at together and things um, are so interesting. And I think um, we were just chatting a few minutes before. They say the job market's picking up. Now's the time to get your resume, get yourself figured out and presented. And so why don't you start off with uh, telling us your thoughts on how to get started and what you think should happen. Okay, well, gladly. Well, first let me just take a step back, Mildred, and say in terms of the job market picking up and I listened over the past few years to, oh, my goodness, you know, in in these economic conditions, in this job market, there are no jobs. And and the real answer is there are always jobs for those who know how to find them, who know how to market themselves, and who know how to prepare themselves to be available for those jobs. So I, I would, you know, take issue with the notion that the jobs were never out there. They may not have been as plentiful. They may not have been as desirable, and they may not have been as apparent as they were when it was a seller's market, but it has been a buyer's market for the last few years, and I think it will continue to be a buyer's market even as the economy shifts because really it's about talent and value and not just about what you did before you got to the next place you want to be. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, I I don't know if I totally agree with you. I think if you're in a certain... Age bracket, I don't, I don't even think it's age. I think especially here in New York and if your skill sets were built around um, technology and the financial industry, um, you could look all you want, but the, the numbers didn't increase, they decreased. Um, but I still think, yes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You need to get yourself ready and do the bet, do everything you can and make something happen. And I think at least we'll have a little bit more of a shot at some things happening. So why don't you, um, suppose, if someone comes to you and they say, all right, I've been out of work for three years. What do I, I need a resume. What do you tell them to do? That's one thing. You know, is it one page, two page, three page? Mm, you know? Fair enough. Well, first I tell them yeah. to breathe. Because mm-hmm. usually when someone comes in a situation, whether they're out of work three hours or three years, they're already in a very stressful situation. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I always do is tell them to breathe, and then I tell them that you know we can figure this out, and which is why if you look at my LinkedIn profile at all, you will see that one of the ways that I define myself is to say that I'm a, you know, a, a career strength trainer, a cheerleader, and a Sherpa. I may not be able to coach you to a career, but I can certainly help you in terms of the strength and the viability. I can be there with my pom-poms when you can no longer take the field for yourself, and I'll remind you, you have to get back on the field because even if it's third and long, you've got to play the game. And then, of course, I can help you direct yourself there. So I would tell someone first, let's stop and see where you are today, 
where you've been and where you want to get to. And then after that, there's an analysis. And there's both an analysis and evaluation. The evaluation part is, okay, what do I have in my toolkit? What do I have in my bag of tricks that's going to be valuable to an employer? And then the other part is, if I don't have them or I've got them and they're not sharp because I haven't had them out for a while, how do I sharpen those tools to be ready? So there's a, a, a gap assessment in there. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece, of course, is in the interim since your last employment, what have you done to either stay in the game in terms of education, in terms of volunteerism in the field that you either were or want to get into, or to keep yourself marketing in such a way, marketable rather, in such a way that someone be interested. Right. I totally agree with you on that. I think, and especially in the volunteer uh, arena, there's always so much work to do. So you can really, that's a way to, if you're trying to learn um, a program or a system, you practice using in your volunteer arena and you're getting the skill set while or keeping your skill set while you're helping and and networking, so I, I think those first pieces of advice are totally correct. Thank you. Or you're translating something that you did for love into something that you can do for lucre mm-hmm. and, and still love it. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's important. I, you know, I've been listening to some more, uh, news flashes lately to talk about how volunteerism is up in a lot of organizations. I think part of that may be that employment is down. And people mm-hmm. do want to stay out there. They do want to give back. And oftentimes the things that we do as volunteers are the things we truly love. And you know, for me, going back into school, people always said to us, what do you want to be when you grow up, not who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And if perhaps the question were asked differently at a young age and it weren't that we were going to be firemen and ballerinas and rocket scientists or, or MBAs, but that what we wanted to be able to do was to give back, to add value, you know, the trajectory might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I, I also think as far as volunteer um, volunteering in an organization, you start to forget about yourself. So chances are if you're helping people, you see people who are in a worse situation than you might be in, and you feel like you're contributing and helping. And if you're trying to learn something, uh, even if it's helping post some uh, no, meeting notices on Facebook and Patch, you forget that I don't know Facebook, I don't know Patch. That's okay, because you're you're trying to get it up and you forget about yourself. And I think it's from a learning perspective an easier way. You relax and um, and then it helps. And you're right. Um, people feel um, like well, well. I know myself. What I was thinking when you were saying talking about that is. For an organization, I might not be able to give them cash, but I can help them with technology or, you know, social media or something like that. So it's a way that I can contribute my skills and still contribute to the organization, not just, you know, a cash donation. So um, Absolutely. And your point about, you know, forgetting about yourself, and I think it's forgetting about yourself because you're focused on something bigger than yourself and you're focused mm-hmm. on a cause, mm-hmm. and you're also not being evaluated based on some, you know, and this may not make people happy to hear me say this, artificial criteria mm-hmm. cooked up by some HR department to be able to put you in a box that they can clarify you in. Mm-hmm. So 
you allow your creativity, you know, you forget about that box they claim you're not thinking out of, and you just go with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that it produces results that are amazing, sometimes even to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would encourage someone out of work for three years, if they hadn't already volunteered, they damn well better start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's definitely a good way to get back in, at least getting used to, you know, a more, uh, you know, Figuring out where you might want to work. Now, if someone comes to you and says, okay, I've been volunteering and I've been studying technology and um, I, you know, picked up this skill. So so then what about the resume? Is there a, um, like I said, one page, two page, three page, you know, uh, <laughs> What do you put in it, and two? Um... Fair question, and part of that comes from either the individual being skilled with self-evaluation and an objective self-evaluation, which is almost never possible, or finding someone, whether it be a career coach, whether it be a strength coach, whether it be a resume writer that has, you know, a, a holistic approach to that, that can help draw them out. So, and also figuring out where they want to take what they've been doing, either voluntarily or previously for a salary. Mm-hmm. And I don't approach a resume from a template that says, okay, let me get your skills, your job, your experience. I do it left brain, right brain. So first let's talk about what's important to you, what your values are, what you're good at, what people come to you for, what lights up your heart and makes it sing. Then let's talk about the empiric data of where you've been and the volunteering you're doing and the other elements of your life, your education, your lifelong learning, which is very key. And then let's integrate that into a, a narrative document that speaks to your value. So it's an end that you are willing to participate in this process and not just turn it over to someone who is going to reframe your words in a one-dimensional document rather than a holistic approach to who you are and a really marketing document as to how you put yourself out there. Because as I said, you know, what you pointed out earlier, self-marketing for today's job market, it used to be, you know, back in the day, if you will, you had one job, one spouse, one house, and one zip code. Mm-hmm. And now we really have multiples of almost all, if not all, of the above. You no longer work for 30 years and get the ring or have the silver or gold anniversary. You have a portfolio career now where it's up to you to manage your engagement relative to the people who are going to pay you salary for the value that you bring. And part of that is knowing your worth, being able to articulate that through the elevator pitch, if you will, and then being able to use social media as well as traditional networking to put yourself out there in a way that demonstrates to people why they want you and why they need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, and a couple uh, triggered a few things in my mind. Uh, as far as so many of us have different hats because uh, even if we worked for a corporate, in you know, in a large corporation but right now it's like it seems like you have several hats you always have some kind of community volunteer hat and you might have a consulting hat and um you know some even a regular part-time job something like that it just seems like many of us have that and i i don't know um as far as if you were going for a corporate position 
are they looking, do you just send in a simple resume to start with them, or how do you approach that with a portfolio approach, which I well, think is, is a good one. It depends on the job. It depends mm-hmm. on the company. So mm-hmm. if, let's just say that you have had, and sometimes you can have a portfolio career working for the same company. Right. I grew up in the telephone company, if you will. Mm-hmm. And within that telephone company, in the years that I spent there, which were not contiguous, I did any number of jobs. So even within one company, you know, you kind of have this portfolio of skill sets or or mini careers. So part of it, again, is knowing where you want to go. Mm -hmm. I always get a kick out of, and if I can take a minute just to say, if you take the word vacation and you take the word vocation, you're only changing one vowel, and yet it's astonishing what people will do in terms of planning a vacation as opposed to planning a vocation. Mm-hmm. Think about a two-week vacation that you'll put your planning into, that you'll buy your photos guide, do your online research, figure out the climate, the clothes, everything that you want to see, and it's over in two weeks. But change one vowel, and people say, well, this is my vocation. I just want to get there. If they mm-hmm. took the same approach to vacation, they'd never get out of the driveway. Mm-hmm. So part of it is first figuring out where you are, where you want to get to, and then understanding in the framework of what's the totality of your experience how to market it and how to write your product brochure, a.k.a. your resume, in such a way that's attractive. Or by doing that, recognizing that you're not what the corporation needs and if you really, really, really want to be there, first you figure out what you need to get there in terms of your skill set. Second, using LinkedIn, which is to me, I call it the super fruit of, um, you know, the super food of, of jobs or of careers, mm-hmm. that you begin to talk to someone either in that company, in that industry, ask them if they're willing to mentor you, are you willing to take on a non-paid internship or externship, regardless of your age, you do what you would do if you wanted to, to have the vacation of your of your dreams or if you want to pursue a relationship because working for a company or an organization is a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you stop limiting yourself also. The, the biggest obstacle I find to people and jobs or careers or opportunities is the limitations that place on themselves. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's so interesting as you're speaking because I realized that I was um, – I somehow, how did I get, I'll have to think this through. We'll talk about this the next time. How? But doing, volunteering and offering to do something for a company, like an internship or something like that, um, is an excellent way. It's excellent. Um, and it gives you practice getting out there. I guess so you're saying people really need to look at what jobs might be there and make sure their skill sets and their resume for that particular job, you're saying you craft it for really targeting each job as opposed to sort of a, um, I did IT, I did project management, and just sending out hundreds and hundreds. Of resumes? What do you think? Yeah, that's precisely what I'm saying. I mean, And to me, the thought of people hearing, my God, you need more than one resume is off-putting in and of itself. And I would say, you know, if you, if you stop to do the self-assessment and you say, you know, what are my three or four areas of my greatest strengths and of my greatest experience, 
most of us fit into three or four. I know I do. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not even three or four. And then it's less about finding the job than finding who you are to find the job. But everybody wants to go right to, you know, go to um, whatever, do not not pass go, collect $200. Mm -hmm. You need to go around the board and figure it out. And if you don't, and this I find very fascinating, everybody wants just add water, they want the instant job. They want an HR manager, they want a recruiter, they want someone in a networking event, event or a company to make an investment in them in terms of time and money when the job seeker or the career changer or the career you know, upscaler won't even make that investment in themselves. And for me, the question I would give back to them is, how can you have an expectation that a company, an individual, etc., will make an investment in you when you haven't made that investment in yourself? Mm-hmm. In terms of really thinking through who you are and not just what you can do, but also how do you bring value to an organization? Mm-hmm. We're uh, all the product in today's job market, Mildred. This is no longer about, you know, daddy gets you a job when you come out of school or don't worry, I know some guy. There's that too. But more and more, um, judging really truly by the fierce competition and the, the the competition for talent out there, we need to be able to uh, to be the ones to be our greatest advocates and our greatest promoters of why we belong in the place that we want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to just pause here for a mil- uh, minute. This, I'm Mildred Tassoni, and this is Ellen O'Brien. And um, Ellen, would you just, you're going to be doing two seminars uh, at the Floral Park Library on February 2nd and the 9th, right? That would be absolutely right, Mildred. Thank you. I am. And, you know, to to your point, the title is Self-Marketing Today's Job Market, and it's subtitled The Three Career Essentials. Not that there are only three, but given the parameters and people's time and and people's um, ability to hang on to a topic like this, we're going to look at a resume, we're going to look at an elevator pitch, and we're going to look at LinkedIn and how they – in an integrated fashion, are really, for me, the three keys. If you do not have the time or the inclination for anything else, these three things are the things that you must make the time for and put your head and your heart around. Okay, and that, and they'll start at um, what time? They will start at 6.45 and they will end at 8.15. Um, and there are handouts, Minimal, of course, because I am what I would consider a self-described elegant minimalist. I don't want to overwhelm you with stuff that will gather dust. I want to give you information that will allow you to take action. Yep, I I think that's great. Um, So anyway, that's the Floral Park, New York Library. We'll have a link to register um, on our Facebook pages. um, So, okay, so... Thank you, Mildred. Um, thanks. We'll talk. We'll mention it again at the end. Um, now, okay. So, I think I think it's very difficult to analyze yourself. Um, that's why I know there's um, certain things that if I can connect with someone um, about a volunteer group or technology or something. I relax, I can talk about myself. But I don't really have uh, my 30-second elevator speech in good shape, and I think it's very difficult 
for people to bring to see the best in themselves you know that and i, I so i think your interview process but if so, is is good but if someone's at home have somebody else look or talk about or kind of partner up with it don't you think that's a good idea cuz I, I honestly don't see many people that can really you know market themselves well do you agree with that or I agree. I mean, and, and it kind of takes a few flavors. There are some people who can market themselves well and the product is really lousy, but you don't know that until you buy it and then it's too late. Mm-hmm. But then there are other people, and I I always kind of have a hierarchy here. Um, and I, <laughs> I grew up, you know, Catholic school, and one of the um, seven deadly sins was pride. So, you know, for any number of people who grew up in that same environment, the minute that you start to talk about self-promotion, actualization, elevator pitches, you slink right back into the deadly sins and think you have to confess it. And Mm -hmm. the answer is there's a difference between misplaced pride and pride in what you've accomplished and what you want to bring forth. Mm -hmm. So I'm all for it. And you're right. And that's why in an elevator pitch, you're never in an elevator alone. When you get the graphic in your head or the visual, there's someone you're pitching to. And that's part of what... You know, a, a career coach, a, a strength coach can do for you is help you bring that out. And I am of a mind, though, that you can't craft an elevator pitch in isolation. If you have not done the upfront self-assessment, the skills inventory, and begin to really get a sort of autobiographical picture of your work life and your contributions, you don't know your product, so you can't market it until you know it. Mm-hmm. And once you know it, I mean, you play with it. You don't hit it right out of the park the first time. You try it on, see how it feels. You play with it with some of your friends. And the same way that I always recommend that people send a resume out to their friends when they're working on it and say, I want you to give this the is it really me test. And your elevator pitch changes from time to time because you change from time to time. And, and not right. only, Yeah, and not only that, too, I think once you get – once you have three or four in in the real estate, they have scripts and like the concept of just memorizing a script is is like sort of adverse to me. You know, it's fake, mm-hmm. but it's really more getting your um, what's your script. You know, if you see somebody and they've got a giant jersey on you're not going to say yeah i'm really for san francisco you know i mean it's like (laughs) but yeah so talk you know connect with them on what you you know your mixture is and and you'll feel comfortable talking to them um but you have to have those ready you know you have have to to have them here mildred you are so right you have to have them ready but you also have to be sufficiently, I want to say, facile and mobile so that, you know, it's it's like a playing field again. I'm going to go back to football, that you have to have a playbook. You can't run the same play every single time and expect to have, you know, the same outcome. You you have a basic, your basic offensive plays, your basic defensive plays, but then you have to modify the plays in real time being being able to see what's going on in the field and, and call the coverage. But in order to do that, you first have to have some of the fundamentals down. And it used to be, you know, just like our business cards. You walked up to someone at a networking event or elsewhere and look on Facebook. Everyone identifies themselves by their title, not what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, this is my name, this is my company, this is my, this is my job title. That was our, really that was our coin of the realm. 
Mm-hmm. Let's differentiate us, and that's the other key word in what's going on in self-marketing today, is differentiation. Walk into any supermarket. There are myriad brands of cereal, myriad brands of soup, myriad, brand, myriad types of cheeses. The ones that grab your eye are first the ones that are well-marketed and well-placed because they know the product. Then, of course, if you take it home, it has to taste good. But mm-hmm. the first point of buy is, is, is the visual, the optical, or in, you know, in some cases it's the auditory, that's why I wound up married twice, but, you know, we won't go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> what do you, yeah, left field. Okay, here we go. Um, That's being able to be facile. <laughs> yes, right. No, you're absolutely, it, it's true. You have to be able to think on your feet because you never know what someone, you know, is going to say to you or when a job opportunity is going to come up. Um, I think that sometimes, and going along with self-marketing, you might have to ask because maybe what you do they could use, but they don't know they could use. So it's, it's again, I think a lot of the beginning process. I w- I'd like to talk a little bit about LinkedIn right now. I've been on LinkedIn forever, and... Um, I don't, it's not my, I get it, technically I get it, I can blog with WordPress, I can. I have my tweets go to Facebook and um, LinkedIn, I set up people to have it do that, I do it for the SEO and getting large quantities of people, um, but I guess because I've never, um, I'm not, you know, I haven't really used it to go for a corporate or a mid-small-sized business position. I've used it more to catch up. So this is an area where um, uh, I would think the first thing is have your resume up there. Well, have or what? You tell me. Okay, have. The first thing is is to do your resume before you have it out there, because if you have it in the format that it's in today and you haven't touched it for three years since you got your last job or even longer, do not even begin to put it out there because it's already obsolete. So the first thing to do is to construct the resume. And, and I would, again, say your elevator pitch because LinkedIn is its a job search tool. It's a networking tool. It's a marketing tool. It really, truly is if you want one-stop shopping for career viability. But I mm-hmm. would point out that when somebody says, are you on LinkedIn? That's kind of like saying, are you on earth? Yes, mm-hmm. but what are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. So if all you are, I was noodling around today, as I am almost every day in LinkedIn, and it's astonishing how many people have one connection because somebody said to them, oh, you have to have LinkedIn. So they went out there and they befriended the person or you know, they linked with the person who said, you have to be on LinkedIn. What I love about LinkedIn, and really, you know, that and 86% of the hiring managers who are looking at it, is that if you spend a few minutes every day, or even if make a commitment, you know, so many times a week or once a week, yep. mm-hmm. it's an amazing, amazing tool. And yes, you should have your resume on there, but maybe it's not the exact same or the length of your resume. It's kind of the key points, you know, the the, the black type for anybody that has ever read the daily racing form and you look at the black type horses like the stakes races, you want to have your stakes race quality stuff out there. But it mm-hmm. should match. The last job you had in your resume was Con Edison and you go to LinkedIn and the last job you have on LinkedIn 
is AIG, and I'm an employer, and I'm looking to check you because you know they're looking out there, whether it's Facebook, Google, or anywhere mm-hmm. else, I'm going to see a mismatch, and you've already undermined your product marketing because mm-hmm. your label, your labeling doesn't match. Mm-hmm. And I guess so, yeah, really get out there, but don't get out there until you have updated your CV or your resume or put it together in a way that is constructed from a marketing vantage point. Have I lost you? You there? Uh, I think we're on. We had a slight technical difficulty. What we will have to do is um, we're going to have Ellen on again. I'll see if she calls back in, but we're just... Ah, here we go. Here we go. I think we lost the connection from Ellen. Oh, there you go. There you go. You there? I am indeed. I I had a feeling if we dropped in, all we had to do was dial in. So, um, yeah, I feel like we were just getting uh, into the Twitter, uh, not Twitter, uh, LinkedIn part. Uh, one thing I I what I do with LinkedIn, I'll, I use my non-productive where it's either the end of the day and I'm really tired and I. I just go and somebody sends me a request. I go in. I add, 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 add. Or in the morning, the same thing. I'm having coffee. Uh, you know, I'm not really ready to, you know, for prime time. And I do the same thing then. And I kind of alternate between Twitter, Facebook, Google, and LinkedIn so that I just start adding. So I think you're right. You start, even you do a couple a day, go to your friends and, you know, look up old business associates um, to build your to build your profile. Um, so suppose, okay, we're looking at LinkedIn. We are. And you've, you've done, you've got your resume or you've got some people up there. Um, and you're working on your resume. What do you suggest? Joining groups? Um, posting? Um, well, I'll tell you what. I have constructed what I would call my Ten Commandments of LinkedIn, and I'm happy to share them with anybody who's interested. And I would suggest, you know, first you follow the Ten Commandments, which are getting yourself up to speed and understanding what LinkedIn is and the value is. And, yes, I would. there are so many different areas on LinkedIn. You can answer questions in your field of expertise, you can take part in polls. You can ask questions. You can follow companies. You can like someone else's post. You can respond. You can tweet. You can retweet. You can share. And all of that, to the point you made earlier, is not only increasing your search engine optimization, but it's building your own presence and your your street creds, if you will, mm-hmm. not only on LinkedIn, but within your areas of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that LinkedIn is efficient for smaller businesses or tending towards larger or or what do you um do you have any my own my own experience and I'll speak from that is that LinkedIn is very valuable when it comes to connecting individuals with other individuals, individuals with groups in which they can add or derive value. 
or in following a company if you are looking for a career opportunity or even just curious about the company itself and, and, and what's going on within that industry. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see a lot of I see a lot of independent professionals on LinkedIn and I get a kick out of that because I translate independent to mean looking for work. But that's mm-hmm. just my own bias. Um I haven't I would say there are a lot of solo entrepreneurs, a lot of individuals and when you look at LinkedIn, by and large is professional networking um and heavily male dominated. I would say, you know, for every um three males there's one female and, and the statistics bear that out when you look at people who answer questions and the um demographics for who responds to questions, et cetera, on LinkedIn. Mhm. Okay, let's talk about demographics. We have about twelve minutes left. Um Okay. Uh now you how are you counseling or coaching different age groups because you have some you know younger older are you doing it differently is it well you know I think I, that's a great question and I think that there are some again there are fundamentals and the fundamentals go to having a resume being able to construct an elevator pitch that, of course, shifts over time. You know, whether you're taking an elevator in a 20-story building or a skyscraper, things change. Mm-hmm. Um, and also understanding what the marketplace is for either your particular industry or, um, you know, some of, the, some of the particulars of who you are. I believe there's as much age bias for an 18-year-old as there is for a 60-year-old mm-hmm. for different reasons. Yeah, so you're probably right. I counsel them differently. I you know, I look at the job market in many ways like I would look at a you know, a high rise building. If the lower floors take certain vantage points if you're trying to hit the street, you see things differently. And the higher up in the floors you go, the perspective changes, but you're still within the building and you still have the same infrastructure elements. The biggest challenge I find um is individuals of a certain age regardless of gender, and it's usually high 40s and above because the first thing they say to me is, I'm old, and my response is, I'm probably older than you. Um, <laughs> and that, that's true about 50% of the time, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, happy to claim, I'm happy to claim 60, or as I say, Ellen Fixdutto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I remind them that if they believe they're old and that they don't have anything to offer, once again, like I said earlier, why should they expect someone else is going to see them differently? So mm-hmm. Until they can focus on what they do have to offer and what their value is, they're going to, they're their greatest handicap in that regard. Mm-hmm. So as for the younger people, I mean, just a little anecdote, I was working with a young gentleman last week. He is looking for an internship this summer, and he came to my apartment, we sat and we talked, and I said, dude, I said, dude, you kind of key in there. I looked at your Facebook page. Number one, get rid of the photo with the red Solo cup because it may be filled with grapefruit juice, but it's not translating. And, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, here's three or four other issues on your Facebook page that you need to address because someone that you want to offer you an internship is going to be looking. So you may as well get out there in front of it. So mm-hmm. really, it, it, I need to, I, the fundamentals are the same. It, again, I'm going to go back to the football analogy because I love football. The fundamentals are the same, but you need to you need to look at the individual team that you're playing to help 
understand really truly you know what the game plan is going to be. Mhm. Yeah, I think that's um, excellent advice as far as uh, when you start to think of it as you're marketing yourself and like your marketing brochure. Um, just like if you were doing it for someone else, what's your hook? What did, what's the company? What they're looking for, and what's your hook? Um, so that uh, even if they like I say, maybe they didn't, you know, know they needed what your services are, you know. But uh, and, you, and to, you, to your point, Mildred, I think one of the greatest hooks in the world, um, and it's the difference between an elevator pitch and a, you know, and sort of a business card, of, is what's the difference between float like a butterfly and sting like a bee, and I'm a boxer. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going I'm entranced by the notion of the butterfly and the bee. For many many reasons. Oh yeah, you're a boxer, but so what? Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between you know marketing in the old world. I mean, you didn't even have to market; you were the only product out there. Um, so they took you on and being able to differentiate yourself. There are other boxers out there, but how many floated like a butterfly and stung like a bee? Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's very difficult is to talk about your talents. Um, if you are in, like in an interview, uh, sales, sales, and to look at it like, are you in an interview? Are you there selling yourself? How do you close the deal? You know what I mean? So, well, so well, it's, the analogy is great because yeah. truly, really, it, it does come down to being able to make the sales pitch, to being able to uncover the clues. You know, what is the buyer looking for, and then being able to close the deal. Mm-hmm. And probably the greatest demonstration of a reason why I should hire someone into sales is their ability to sell themselves. And yet the people who are in sales or marketing or other areas, you know, public relations, social media, for some reason there's a disconnect between what they do and how they offer themselves. And if they would use their greatest skills and tools that they can use for the external customer or the company toward themselves, they would be that much farther along in the process. Mm-hmm. But if you hand me a resume that looks like you spend five minutes on it and it's, you know, filled with, or even on LinkedIn, filled with inaccuracies or filled with errors or is out of date and you're going to tell me you're in public relations, I can't trust you with my product because you, your product Look is at your product, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about as far as search engine optimization and LinkedIn um, is having people endorse you is really good because you get recommendations count on LinkedIn. Yep. Yes, they and do. They and do. and on everything you do, um, any piece you're writing, any title you're writing, any form that you're going to have for online, you you need to be writing it for your target market, but you yep. also need to be writing it for the Google bot. So you know. You should, like, I was working on a, a form for the Floral Park Chamber of Commerce and, mm-hmm. and an online survey. And we used to just put FPCC, but I'm not doing that. I'm writing it all out because you want Floral Park Chamber of Commerce every place because of the Google bots. So you want to, you've got to start doing things differently, even on, if you have your resumes online, even the way it's written. Um, even uh, blog entries, 
you know, short little And the trick is initials. to be consistent, you're right. You know, if I'm Ellen O'Brien here, I need to be Ellen O'Brien there, not Ellen Patricia O'Brien. Right. Or I need to have my tagline consistent across different venues. Um, so, yes, so there is that awareness of social media, and that's where you and I have complementary skills. Mm-hmm. I can write the narrative, and you can help me understand in ways that I don't yet how that I can help a client or how right. we can help the people listening tonight be better at who they are and what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's huge. If you're if you're going to look for a job, you have all that to get to figure out. I mean, there's a, it's you know sounds like a ton of research as far as even ads and the whole thing and then customizing your your resume honestly sending it out to i just spoke with someone and they had used someone to do their resume and that resume and then there's some service that they can log into and it can go to hundreds and hundreds of people and those resume blasters Mm -hmm. uh, i just don't you know on one hand okay i'm thinking well maybe seo but uh you know, but no, no, frankly, no, because, you know, more and more of the analytics that are behind it will see that someone is sending out a resume higgledy-piggledy to 10,000 people, and they're going to say, that person's not targeted, that person's not focused. And mm-hmm. that person's also not getting the return on their energy investment because right. they're just sending it out without figuring out who they are and what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. They're going to send out five targeted resumes with five powerful cover letters, reactively or proactively, than to send out 500 crapola ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, and now we have about three minutes left, so um, one last, any last-minute question, or um, I had asked you when we were offline before, I would really like to do more shows with you on this because I really think that um, there's just so much work and people don't, know where to start and you don't even really know what the rules are for today's job market you know and the rules oh. of today's job market may not be the rules of tomorrow so uh, you know i would say if i could leave people with one thought it would be take charge of you and step back and say if you're not willing to make the investment of time energy and in some cases you know money where you have it i mean yourself don't have the expectation someone else is going to Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think your comment is don't think of yourself as old because and nothing to give, you know, because that's where I think a lot of people might you're every. I think everybody's on edge, you know, a little bit. Nobody's really sure in this job market. So I think your your advice is very um, very needed. Um, good advice from from someone that you can trust. Um, Mildred, and I'm of the opinion that if you give people choices between doing their resume and doing their will, they're going to take their will because <laughs> they don't have to deal with it. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. Last, we have one and a half minutes. You're going to be at the Floral Park Public Library. Um, in Floral February, Park, New York. Mm-hmm. Floral Park, New York, February 2nd and 9th, mm-hmm. 6.45. Okay. 6.45 to 8.15. You have to sign up. We're going to post on Facebook and Twitter, of course. I mean, uh, LinkedIn. And, um, uh, and if anybody has any questions, they can send me an email at Ellen, E-L-L-E-N, Azure Leaf, which is the name of my small company, AzureLeaf.com. Ellen at AzureLeaf.com. 
Okay, great. And thank you so much. I really appreciate um it's been a it's been a real pleasure and um we're gonna get to go to your second session. So um I'm looking uh, forward, forward to that. To too. Yes, good. Okay, great. Well thanks so much. Have a good evening. You're very welcome. Okay, bye. Good night. Bye. Good night.